welcome, welcome, welcome to Box Office Quarterbacks. And this might be our most anticipated show we have done ever since we really started this show. I mean, uh, social media, we've gone crazy over the show. We've done shows doing reactions to trailers for this episode. And we've got the whole crew back with us today. We've got Ryan, we've got Gerald, we've got Eric, we've got Jeff. And we're here to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. And uh, I don't even know where to start with this one. Let's just uh, say hello to See, everyone it's first, It's kind of like the multiverse, Ryan, but we're doing it in time zones. We have all four of us on the show for the first time in a very long <laughs> time. So I'm... I'm just happy we finally saw this movie, and I know we're going to do a little bit of a non-spoiler thing. I'm just very happy that a movie like this even exists. Gerald, go ahead. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm glad to be glad to be here. Glad to have all of us. I know we've all been talking about this movie for a while, um, and I, it's one of those things. Like, I didn't. I went in and was like, I need to just kind of like um, MJ says, like. Just be, um, expect the worst, hope for the, you know what I mean? Prepare for the worst type of deal. So I was prepared for the worst and I was just utterly surprised. Yeah. When it came to this movie, like I, I'm not gonna, I, I was pessimistic. I was worried that there was too many, too many cooks in the kitchen, but Hey, they made a fantastic meal. So I'm, I'm happy to talk about this. So where do we even start here? I guess. So let's start with a, a quick spoiler for your review before we get into the spoilers. Um, a lot of you, are, uh, let's, let's say that let's, let's, let's say what everyone else is saying first. Um, box office records, despite a pandemic doing unbelievable in terms of money. Uh, I kind of, I can I, I kind of consider there's a big three when it comes to de- determining a success of a movie. It's uh critics, audience, and, box office and this movie's ticked all three so far i mean box office out the roof despite a pandemic uh audiences seem to love it and then critics have been very strong as well so i think that this movie has really just been a uh really one of those just true blockbuster successes yeah, made, what 273 million dollars opening weekend so that's the second uh biggest u.s box office opening in history and this is in a pandemic where before this, I think Venom 2 was the highest uh, grossing opening weekend box office movie with like $92 million, And this just far outdid that. Uh, the hype for this movie is something I've never seen before. You had tickets selling out in seconds, people reselling them on eBay for $500 a pop. Um, I would say that it's safe to say that this lived up to the hype. Hype. And then some. Yeah, it's definitely and then some because this is one of those things where like they could have flopped this so easily and so poorly, especially with like you guys have like I mean we we're all I think guilty of it the the hype that we built around this on um, social media on TV and commercials trailers podcasts everything and like it not only met those expectations and got everything people were calling for it gave us even more it gave you things that you didn't know you needed. Um, and I liken that too, like Endgame. Whenever that movie, like there were some things in that that we weren't entirely sure we needed, but it worked perfectly. Yeah, I was. I don't know about you guys, but I was so pessimistic. 
going into the theater, especially because of all the leaks and um, everything before uh, it actually got to opening weekend. So it was just like none of these, none of the things that we're expecting is going to hit as hard as Endgame. But I was pleasantly surprised with everything that came out. This movie had action. This movie had emotion. This movie made you laugh. This movie raised the stakes. This movie did everything that not just a good superhero movie does, but just a good film does. The writing was good. Like Again, I went into this pessimistic, and I would say that I was thoroughly, thoroughly happy that with what uh, we came out with. Um, I- I'm going to start this thing with a trivia question real quick. So how many how many actors do you think were in this movie that have uh, an Academy Award nomination for Best Actor or Actress? Ooh, 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 pick me, pick me. All right, go ahead. I would say two. I'm going to go five. Next. I know Marissa Tomei has a nomination. I think Willem Dafoe does too. And there's probably Jamie Foxx and a few others I don't know about. I, I don't know. Everybody's going so high. I'm just going to go with one and see what happens. Well, by, okay, first of all, like uh, by my count, it's seven. Okay. William Defoe, Marissa Tomei, oh. Thomas Hayden Church, Jamie Foxx, J.K. Simmons, and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. What about Zendaya? Right in the spoiler territory. Oh. Oh, my bad. <laughs> If, if you didn't know, now you wouldn't know. it be? Wouldn't it be? Eight? You shouldn't have been listening to the show if you didn't know. <laughs> wouldn't uh, it be eight because of Zendaya? Is she? Did she get an Oscar nominee? Yeah, for wasn't it Euphoria? Oh, she got an Emmy. Oh wait, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, Emmy. Oh my yeah. bad. Oh, if if you count the Emmys, we're we're, we're pushing ten here. Yeah, yeah. Never like mind. it's it's a it's a quite an impressive. Uh, so my point was. You have a cast like this. First of all, you're going to expect some great performances. But the question is, how do you find a way to budget all these great, just, you know, talents? And I think this movie did the best job it could have of fitting them all in. And there's a couple of people in here who stand out more than others. Um, but it, it just, you know, I, I think that everybody had their chance to shine. There's, if there's one critique I have, there's a couple people in here who probably should have been utilized a little bit differently. We can get into that a little bit later. But uh, just, you know, Tom Holland gives his best performance that he's done in this series. And, and uh, for me, I was kind of a critic, I think. And I wasn't a hater, but I wasn't like the biggest fan of the last two movies. I thought the last movie, the, the villain was a little weak. And the, uh, the 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 love story and the high school drama was a little campy, but this one, very strong, and especially the villains are unbelievably strong. And then I think the love story between Peter Parker and MJ takes uh, a superhero love story to yeah, a whole so new level. For for me, you know, I, I've been a fan of the Tom Holland movies. My 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 biggest criticism with them is they kept taking Spider Man out of New York City which I don't think really works because he's not Iron Man. So to see him in a different environment, uh, it didn't really bode well for me. This movie is completely set in New York City. You have uh, classic villains from every multiverse in here. It really checked off every single box that I wanted. 
in a Spider-Man movie. So yeah, this is definitely the best of the three Tom Holland movies by far. Oh, not even close. Yeah, for and, sure. And you no. mentioned all those um, Oscar nomination and winners. And like, it was very obvious in this movie, um, not just with those specific actors, because they stole the scene every time they had a chance to. But like, I feel like it also helped bring the best out of some of the other actors, you know, Tom Holland, um, Jacob Batalon, and even Zendaya. So like, I, those actors definitely had a huge impact on this movie because you're walking away from it and there's not many superhero movies that stand next to it in any, like in able to hold their own, not many. So what you're saying is Marvel needs to cast Al Pacino next in whatever film that they got coming. Out. I don't know. They, <laughs> they got, they got, I, they got to get some good folks though. This was, this was impressive, I guess. <laughs> But honestly, yeah, like uh, piggybacking off what Jeff said, like I, I was a big fan. I am a big fan of the Holland Spider-Man movies. Actually, I think this probably my this is probably my favorite uh, iteration of the character. But to me, I think it's simple. In this movie, they turned him from Spider Boy into Spider Man. So he didn't rely. He didn't have Tony. He didn't have everything. Was him. He didn't go call happy, get me some more suits. He didn't do, he didn't have the Avengers backing him up. There was nobody else. Everything. He just relied on his experience and we see, we saw him truly shine. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's amazing. And I guess like an easiest, the easiest way I think I've been able to tell people who haven't seen this movie that they should go see it is like they turn, this movie turns the entire Tom Holland trilogy not into really just a trilogy, but an origin trilogy. Um, instead of getting 30 to 40 minutes and you're being rushed into caring for an Uncle Ben who you know dies and you know is just going to say the same words, you you get to know this character. You get to know the trials that he's had to go through and the, um, I guess, the dangerous things he's had to do. I mean, the guy fought in space. Yeah, he went to Europe. and like it's. It, but not only that, like every every time he did all that stuff, it was, well, this is an upset Aunt May. Or I don't want Aunt May to know I can't hurt her. So like we really get connections with characters like that, that we may have not have gotten as much in some of the other trilogies. Um, and I just, there's so much emotion that ties this. And I think this movie alone makes the other two even better knowing what ends up happening now. Yeah. I, I could see it as an origin story to the inevitable next trilogy that we're going to get which is, you know, Spider-Man in college or Spider-Man still in New York City because, uh, you know, the end of the film and everything. I'm getting, I'm getting close. We got to get, let, let's it. just get into it because I can't stop um, Okay, you have been warned. I mean, granted, granted, the guy... Funny thing is, the guy who said, let's, let's be careful and not spoil anything in the first five minutes, I was the one who screwed up, so go, Ryan. Um, but anyway, so this is, this is officially spoiler- warning zone uh do i just do we want to go into our favorite scenes and just we'll, we'll here what we'll do since we got four guys on this we'll go down the row each person pick their favorite scene if they have something they didn't like point it out and then we'll just uh hit it from there and then go into characters All right. so jeff you got it in case you didn't know <laughs> from ryan telling you earlier <laughs> uh andrew garfield is in this movie uh, so is Tobey Maguire. 
I'm bleeping that. Out. I'm gonna bleep that. I'm gonna bleep that out. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna tell like I said a cuss word and just bleep it out. That beep you heard earlier was Ryan yeah. spoiling the return of Andrew Garfield. Uh, so you have obviously seen the movie at this point. You know that at the end of the film, all three Spider Men, Toby, Andrew, and Tom, are facing the five villains from the multiverse. And there's one particular scene in there that just like really hit me in the heart. And that was um, when Zendaya, Zend- MJ played by Zendaya, falls off the scaffolding at the Statue of Liberty. And it looks very similar to the death of Gwen Stacy in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Except this time, Andrew Garfield catches her and saves her. And just the emotion in his eyes and all just everything about it. I loved it so much. It was my favorite scene of the movie. It was a great redemption for a character and a Spider-Man who had his series just ended abruptly. Man. Oh, it, it was beautiful. And, it was a great and, scene. Yeah, that was great. It's, 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 it's all good. It's good. Oh, I was just, um, before I go, like just that scene in general has so many different meanings. Like for Andrew, he gets to save the girl and he also, gets to save Peter from going down the path, like this Peter from going down the path that he had to go down after losing Gwen. Um, I just think that scene makes it so great, but my actually, my favorite scene is really kind of two scenes, but it's the similar, the same things, but the three together, either in the lab or in the scaffolding, just having their conversations while they're either doing science, talking about their plan, just like those two scenes are just chef's kiss. Like this is great. It is fantastic. It feels like real Peter Parker scene. Um, I just, it's everything we wanted in that too. Like, you know, in all those scenes, they make some of the jokes. They refer to the freaking, um, the web shooters joke that everybody's been talking about. Like the fact that they actually talked about that and Tom goes, does it come out of other places? Just, I lost it. Favorite parts of the movie. And then like, it also goes right into the big battle and like, just whenever they jump right off the scaffolding and you can tell they've barely worked together, but then they use that web trick where Tom Holland, Spider-Man webs, the other two and to propel them up. And then when they land on the statue of Liberty's torch, they land in the order of their movies came out. It's Tom, Toby Maguire's Spider-Man lands in the top left. Andrew Garfield's in the back, right. And then you get Tom Holland's in the front. Great pickup. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> he's been watching a lot of, uh, he's been yeah, watching I, I, a lot I totally... of YouTube videos this week. <laughs> I know. Uh, Jared, was we know Jared, Gerald has not no, been working this week. He's on page no, ten like, of the YouTube. No, yeah. no, I'm like I am like so like I have been watching a lot of like TikToks and YouTubes and stuff, <laughs> but like nobody's mentioned this. But like because they because people recorded the movie, I, I I actually hate those people that did that. Um, because just watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, like just watch the damn movie. But like people recorded it and it shows up on TikTok a hell of a lot, and I keep watching that scene because I do love it so much. But then, like, I noticed it the la- one of the last times I watched it. I was like, wait a minute. They land in the order their movies came out. And I thought that was, a, like, a fantastic touch. That's good, Gerald. All right, Eric, you're next. All right, so I think I'm going to break mine down to – I have to mention two scenes that I liked in here. Um, one, I'm going to say probably the most – one of the most important scenes for the MCU was – Matt Murdock's arrival in the beginning, uh, which uh, uh, uh. where he said, "Oh, um, where they, where uh, Happy was talking about, oh, they at least they used a nice picture." And I mean, all of us, you 
in the media, I thought it was funny because, you know, we tend to always find the the terrible mugshot photos whenever we put things on air. So, um, but when I saw the cane, I was like, oh no. When he sat down, like I, I had an inkling that he was going to be in the film. But I mean, I didn't look at any leaks. I didn't look at any photos. So to see him sit there and talk to Peter, um, I thought was so important for the overall MCU especially with what happened in Hawkeye, especially what's going to happen in Hawkeye um, this Wednesday. Um, him being there, I always said he just needs one scene just to, to to confirm that, okay, he's a part of this big, whole, overarching uh, MCU. And his back-and-forth banter saying, oh, I'm a good lawyer, catching the brick that got thrown into the house, even before Peter... Which was also fun. Which was also great was because Peter also sensed it too. And if Matt wasn't there, he obviously would have caught it. But Matt was a little bit quicker, and I thought that was so dope. But my favorite scene was actually as Peter was curing the villains. His his um his Peter Tingle, aka Spider Sense, noticed the Green Goblin like turn and. That whole time, I was like, yo, what is going on here? And just, like, seeing Peter's reaction to, like, oh, no, I just messed up. And everybody wondering what's going on. But he knew. He could sense that um, the Green Goblin, the the villain, had taken over uh, the good side of Willem Dafoe. And just mm. that whole back and forth was just, I thought, was so done well. Um just seeing everybody's reaction again, seeing Peter's reaction and his face change when he realized, okay, all right, something's not right here. And it just shows the growth, uh, especially from using his spider sense from homecoming to figuring out how to beat Mysterio and far from home. And then now just realizing the change in someone's demeanor because of it. I thought that was amazing. I could watch that probably on a loop. Oh man, I, I I promise I'm not going to interrupt for every single one of you. I promise not. This is not going to happen. But I did see something that was amazing about this um, William Defoe and the Goblin. The attention to detail. Like, have y'all ever noticed the difference between Goblin and Osborn? Um, other than the fact that they're sweaty and crazy, like his teeth, they become spaced out. So the actor puts in like oh. he puts oh, yeah, in a yeah, piece, yeah. and his teeth get spaced out. And I just think, and they did that in the Spider in the first Spider Man. And then they did it in this one. And I just, the attention to detail to keep that continuity spectacular. Yeah. Um, so, so the scaffolding scene, when you have all the, you pretty much have the three Peter Parkers trying to keep Tom Holland, you know, from losing his mind after he just loses somebody that I think that was such a strong scene. I think the emotion, the backstory behind it, and uh, what really just blew me away was just Andrew Garfield's acting in this scene. Um, I think I looked at my girlfriend and I was like, oh, God, Tobey Maguire is about to get out acting. This is about to be bad. And, I just, it, and it's nothing against – it's really nothing against Tobey Maguire. I love Tobey Maguire. His Spider-Man was awesome. It set the tone for so many decades of epicness. But just Andrew Garfield, I mean, like, I really hate to say it, and I really hope this is not the end of him, but, like, it makes you think that maybe they really did waste like a great cast on a bad set of movies in a way. And fortunately for this movie, we got to redeem two of those characters, which was 
Andrew's character and as well as Jamie Foxx's. Because, I mean, yeah, you're two, talking about two freaking A-listers right there, right? Um, but that scene was just so powerful. And I thought Andrew Garfield was really at his best. And that's when I said, you know what? I want this guy in another movie. Figure it out. I don't know how you're going to do it. Just find a way. Um, I don't know if you guys are going to get into scenes you didn't like, but I've got some like nitpicky things, I would say. I would say how they got to bringing these villains back could have maybe been a little more clean. It was a little like, I don't know. It's almost like it was a big joke how all these villains got brought into this universe, which I thought could have maybe been a little little smoother. And um, something else that, that that somebody pointed out, and I would not have noticed this, but uh, if you don't follow Chris Stuckman on YouTube, he has one of the best movie accounts on YouTube. His big nitpick was that he had some editing problems, and his big editing issue is that you got a good reveal for the Goblin, but you didn't get a good reveal for William Defoe, and you got a legendary actor. You didn't even get a head. Yeah, tilt. I, I saw that review too. <laughs> and William Defoe, William Defoe, William Defoe deserves a head tilt. <laughs> yeah, the shot they used was just a close up of the Goblin mask and Willem Defoe in the background running away, which looked kind of funny. But um, I, I would agree with some of the stuff you said, but though, uh, Ryan. Uh, just some of the nitpicks I have. It's, you know, it's hard to explain everything in every single universe, but a few of those villains did die before they, you know, in their respective Spider-Man movies, and they never really explained how they're alive. Yeah, they knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man before they got dragged into the MCU, but they didn't explain that how Norman Osborn is alive again, even though they alluded to it. Um you know, there, there's also, you know, my other nitpick would be um, Sandman in the lizard. It seems like the, the actors only, you know, were, were very busy and didn't like want to be on set. So they kind of phoned in their performance from a sound booth like a million miles away. Those are kind of my two nitpicks of the movie. I do have a few. Um but like the they did kind of adju- they did address that like these guys were taken out of the universe before they died because Doc Ock explains that he had the power of the sun in his hands and then um, Peter was about to stop him and then that now he's here so they kind of did explain it for some of them um, I don't think they gave the exact date and time that they left you know but I think they kind of did um, my nitpicky things are like one the the intro for Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Um, it was a lot, it was emotional and I did like it because, you know, you get to see them for the first time again in so many years. But at the same time, like, I just don't understand how Ned was able to just do this whole portal thing while, like, it took a year for Doctor Strange to even figure out how to open one. And I, I think I want a lot more about that and I'm afraid that we're not going to learn why he had that ability for a while because I don't believe we're going to get Peter running back to Ned and MJ anytime soon. So it's just one of those, like it's a nitpicky thing. It might look better in the future, but right now I'm not too sure about it. Um, but yeah, I think those were the main ones for me. Yeah. My nitpicks um, are definitely the villains. I, Sandman and lizard. I mean, again, like it, I was piggybacking off Jeff. Um, Green Goblin and Doc Ock died in the universe. I would have liked to see more of Holland's villains. 
Um, you could have easily subbed out. I mean, if they if your villains have died and you brought him back, you could bring back Mysterio and you can bring in the Vulture. I mean, he's going to be in Morbius, so why not be in No Way Home? So at least Colin has his own villains that he can go back to and say, hey, I know these guys as well. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like, uh, looking back on it, Ned, now, I, in the, in the moment, I was thinking, oh, okay, maybe, um, Ned could be, this is how they get Corky Ned to be trained by Dr. Strange eventually. But I mean, in the end now, like, since, um, they use the spell, it's not really going to matter yet. Yeah, I, I, I kind of don't understand why he was able to be so good with opening up portals, even though he didn't do a good job finding his own Peter, he found two <laughs> others. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I, I am also um, wondering, cause they talk, they say that like, you know, all these villains, they know Peter Parker, Spider-Man. When did Max, that was know? the other thing. That was the other, yeah. like, when did Electro find out? Um, cause like he died at the end of that movie. Correct. Like I'm not wrong in saying that. Like he died. He like evaporated. So, like, I, I, I just, I don't necessarily know. died, but, yeah yeah and maybe he was still maybe he lived and he had like a crappy life where he was in hiding forever and he found out sooner or later that it was peter but like the way toby mcguire's peter was talking about it it's definitely seemed like the dude died um does say toby mcguire i mean andrew garfield um but i i wanted again nitpicky things it didn't really matter in the end he was good um, those other two villains, they, from what I read, they weren't able to get to set. So they used recycled footage. Like the footage where Sandman's being healed back into his original self was just the reverse of when he got the sand powers from Spider-Man three. Like yeah, it was the it, same shot. I, I kind of thought it was, awesome. it's, it's just cause he never turned back into Thomas Hayden church. And I was like, something, something weird is happening <laughs> here. Uh, I would have been okay with uh, not keeping Mysterio out. I wasn't really a huge fan of him. I love Jake Gyllenhaal, but not a huge fan of him. Uh, maybe if they could have replaced Sandman with one of the Holland villains, I would have been cool with that. But I don't know. The reality is when you have this many villains, some of them are going to get shafted for airtime, and that's just the the situation we're in. Do you think the MCU sent Sony a... like? Christmas card this year saying like this is how you do a Spider-Man movie with more oh, than two villains. Oh, you know Kevin villains. Feige had a lot to cool. say about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but but like, this is how back, you do it. But going back, like going back to that Tom Holland article in GQ, he said that there were days when they went to set that even before they started shooting, they didn't even know if who had signed on and like this movie was going to be a Craven movie, but they were able to get everybody so i don't know i think that might play a factor as well uh, i i want to be fly in the room when they convince toby and andrew to go because like i'm convinced that toby was like i will do it but i'm only in this i'm only in the suit for the fight scene andrew was like i'm in just give me the suit the entire damn time yeah and like i i would like to hear that actual reaction um but i do like their outfits actually the way they come in um that's a costume thing too. Everybody's always had that consensus, you know, um, Toby Maguire's the best Peter Parker, Andrew Garfield's the best Spider-Man and Tom Holland's the best of both. Like that is the popular consensus. Right. And when we see Toby Maguire, he is Peter Parker. When we see Andrew Garfield, he is Spider-Man. And when we see Tom Holland with the both of them at the same time, Tom is sitting there with the suit on, but his face off blending both of the two together. Thank you. TikTok. Uh, but, um, <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you said, Gerald. Uh, I will say, though, when that portal opened and I saw Andrew Garfield for the first time, my theater went crazy. Uh, For Andrew Garfield, more than Tobey Maguire, which I did think was a little bit um, surprising. Um, For what what it sounds like, I think because that was the confirmation that it's, it's about to happen. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I think they kind of knew Toby McGuire was coming after Andrew Garfield showed up. So that that's what one person who saw the movie before I did said. So I'm just, that might have been a reason. But uh, can we point out another MVP of this movie? Who would that be? Michael, and I'm not get this guy's name wrong, but Michael Giacchino. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he is the composer because this movie's score and music was phenomenal. Really something that, that really can make a movie take it to the next level. And I thought this, the, the, just the music you have during the entire film is, is just that guy actually has a lot of superhero movies under his belt. Um, he's doing the Batman in March and, uh, he scored like the Jurassic world movies. And I think he did some of the amazing Spider-Man movies too. So, um, he's pretty good with the superhero score. He's right up there with Hans Zimmer. So that's for sure. Yeah. He's got a lot of, uh, I mean, you got Incredibles, Ratatouille, a lot of movies under his belt. So yeah, no, 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 no surprise here then. I mean, yeah, go in. All right, let's do it. Let's, you want to do, go ahead and do into the, uh, the Eric actually had a great idea for how we're going to do characters this time. Maybe do it a little bit different than what we normally do. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You want to pitch it? Uh, yeah, so there was so many characters, so many moving parts. So instead of saying our top five, I was thinking who were our biggest winners and losers? Uh, it doesn't have to be five. It can be a, as many as you want because, I mean, they decided to I, I thought we agreed. We could only pick one each. Oh, we can only pick one? Oh, yeah. I wasn't paying attention to the text. We could pick one each, but then we do a we'll do an honorable mention for anybody who didn't get named. If we Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do that. We could do that. All right. Uh and I think we all actually did a text conversation so we don't actually steal each other's guys. So we'll start with Gerald. (laughs) 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 All right, Gerald, you begin. Um, okay, so because I, I picked, like, I think second in the draft, I am actually picking Tom Holland. Um, I think this movie does, like, he is, his range in this movie, his emotion he shows, the way he just completely embodies Peter Parker and Spider-Man throughout this movie, um, and especially, like, a high school senior, too. I mean, like, everything he does just makes sense for what Peter Parker would do. Um, and I think he's definitely just earned himself a big paycheck whenever they want him to come back for the next trilogy. Um, and I'm, it makes me excited, more excited now than ever. It definitely, to me, he like took off the Iron Man junior suit and jumped into like Spider-Man. I think somebody said, I don't remember if it was Eric or Jeff or a little bit ago, but like we saw him go from spider boy to Spider-Man real quick. And, he was fantastic. And for me, like, you know, if it wasn't for the other person that you, one of y'all is going to pick, like he is the best Spider-Man, but like in all reality, now that we have these three, I look at all three of the Spider-Man we've had and you can't really sit here and be like, that one was the worst. Like it's a hard one to pick. 
And do you have a loser? Uh, loser for me, I wasn't a fan of Jake and Jacob Batalon as an Ed in this one. He, he, the story could have been the same without him because they could have definitely found a better way to intro Toby and Andrew. Um, and I hate that for him because I like the character Ned leads, but I just, to me, it just felt like he was just, he was the comedic relief and it was very obvious. Yeah. For some reason, like the whole movie, I thought they were going to turn him because it was just like, I like when... I guess the one thing that stuck out to me for him was when they were on the roof and uh, Peter, uh, Tom Holland, and Zendaya were, and MJ were talking about going to MIT. And then he just came in and was just like, yeah, we can all go to MIT together. And I was like, oh, this is how they start um, him being like going down a bad path because he always feels like he's left out. But when they gave him the sling ring, I was like, okay, maybe this is also how he's like, Oh, I'm I'm gonna start doing nefarious deeds now, or like the seeds were be, were being planted that okay he's gonna be, um Peter he's gonna be Tom Holland aka Peter Parker's hobgoblin. That's what I was looking for as well. But yeah, they made him the comedic relief and uh, touching on the points that you guys said, um, him learning the sling ring and being able to open up portals was kind of whack. Yeah, it it was a weird choice just because of the character's history in the comics. It makes it seem like if he does turn bad, bad that they're not actually going to make him the hobgoblin, uh, which would be sad to see. So what? 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 what for what? For all those who don't aren't familiar with the comics, what? What happens with um, Ned? Ned Leeds uh, worked at the Daily Bugle with Peter Parker. He was the third person to uh, become the hobgoblin. I think he was brainwashed into becoming the hobgoblin. And I think that's the story. I think that's still easily done, but when you add the magic part of it, it's kind of weird just because you see who Norman Osborn is and they're similar characters and he relies on tech and not the other way around. Yeah. And, um, the, the, the memory thing is going to be weird. Cause I think that kind of screws with the entire MCU, to be honest. Um, so we'll get more into that later. But I don't know. It might get more time. I got my theories. We all got our theories. So yeah, uh, I just, I mean, like we'll we'll see in the future. It's just right now, like putting this in there, you got a lot of things to change. Like as far right. as down as like Morgan Stark. So <laughs> who's got their next? Uh, yeah, yeah, for winner me, the, loser. my winner would be Willem Dafoe. You, you know, the last time we saw him in this role was 2003 when the first Spider-Man came out. Or actually, no, he had little cameos in Spider-Man 2 and 3. But he is the best he's ever been in this movie. He put himself from probably a top five, top ten comic book villain to, I would say, top three. I think he's right up there with Heath Ledger's Joker. Um, and... The, the cool thing about this is this is a 66-year-old actor, Willem Dafoe, and he said he'll come back for this movie if he got to do the majority of, of his stunts this time around. That's how committed he was to this role. Uh, the other thing I liked about his character, other than, you know, he delivered the emotional blow to a, a main character. Um, he killed Aunt May. Imagine saying that at the start of the Tom Holland franchise, that Aunt May is going to die by Norman Osborn, played by Willem Dafoe. It would blow your mind at that point. But the emotional stakes of his character, 
the fact that they got rid of his mask and you could see all his the expressions and the craziness on his face. I thought that was a great move. Um, he was a scary main villain for this movie. Yeah, my takeaway from William Defoe's performance. Well, not not this is my only takeaway, but uh, he may have just ended mass on villains for a while now. Like, if you've got an all-star actor playing a head villain like this, like, don't put a mask on the guy. Let the guy use his facial expressions because he was terrifying uh, when he was at his worst. And but that's also because you got William Defoe, who's an all-time great actor, but. I mean, you think about guys like Heath Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix, and you let these guys just use their face to tell a story. It, it, you got so much potential yeah. there. He he would have made a great Joker back in the day, too. I know you've probably seen the Photoshop art of him, but Ooh. man, he would have been good. Uh, but no, but I'm going to I'm going to look yeah, it up as yeah, soon as we're done great, with this now. But he's my winner. Uh, he's closely followed by Andrew Garfield, but I'm going to let Ryan get into that. Uh, the the loser losers for me is Sandman and the Lizard for everything I said earlier. Hey, hey, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Take one, Jeff. Take one. Can't do two. <laughs> that's two of them. So that's all I'll say. No, no, no. Pick which one you hate. Okay, fine. You know, if you're not going to explain it, Eric can do it later. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess you invoked my name. So I guess I go next. Um, I've already gotten into how much I love Darren Garfield in this movie. His just facial acting is amazing. I YouTube watched the scene with him and Gwen Stacy dying in his last movie before. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this guy is so good. Um, I watched Hacksaw Ridge a couple years ago, which is a movie I believe he got nominated for an Oscar in. And I mean, just the guy is so talented and it just this movie, I think, really gave him something to work with. And it, it just the, the scenes he's in, he steals every single one of them, despite the fact that I think that, like, obviously the Tobey Maguire and the Tom Holland Spider-Mans are definitely like more beloved by the fans. But Andrew Garfield made you realize, I mean, this guy's got so much talent and if there's a way to keep him involved, please find it. I will be all for it because he was phenomenal in this movie. His facial expressions were phenomenal. The scenes he's in, he's off the roof. Uh, we already mentioned the scene where he catches MJ and you just can see the heartbreak in him that he just prevented another tragedy. Um, he was awesome in this movie and and really just, I think, stole the show in most of the scenes he's in. Uh, my loser, if I'm going to pick one, I would say Happy. He was reduced to comic relief when I think at the end of when, when Tony Stark died, I really saw a potential for him to take over like a uh, a father-like figure to Peter Parker. In this movie, they just really didn't utilize him. And uh, John Favreau is a talented guy, and that was kind of disappointing. I guess I'll, I'll close this out. So um, I'm going to go a little bit out of the box. My winner, even though she died, was probably Aunt May. Um, she was the one that convinced Peter to help these guys. She is has been the one to be by his side throughout this whole trilogy. Um, her death is what sparked Peter to, you know what, like step up his game. And she she was the one that read him his iconic line, um, with great power comes great responsibility. 
um, it like Gerald was pointing out a lot of things that was um, very, uh, I guess, um, what Gerald was pointing about about all the the stuff about uh, when it comes to the Spider Man, how they came into the screen before they fought. I I saw it with these three Spider Men is that they all now have someone that they lost. Um, with Toby Maguire was obviously Uncle Ben. Andrew Garfield was obviously Gwen Stacy, and now Tom Holland has his Aunt May, um, which ha- we we've seen her die in the comics and even in the Spider-Man game. Um, now seeing her death propel Tom, showed Tom have different reactions. Tom was able to to show off his range because of the emotion of losing Aunt May. That scene where he was fighting Green Goblin. I had never seen Tom with hands like that. And I was just like, man, he's really about to do this. And it wasn't until Toby McGuire's Peter Parker came in and stopped him. Um, that's all because of his love for Aunt May. Uh, when it comes to honorable mention, I'm going to go back to one of my favorite scenes. I think the honorable mention goes to Matt Murdock. Again, his scene in this movie opens up the door for the MCU, especially telling more stories and my biggest loser is has to be dr strange i i don't know how the hell you let peter get you in your own mirror dimension you're chasing after him the whole movie he bested you in everything showing you that yeah magic ain't real math is and this all happened because you, you he said that oh it was uh, Peter's fault that the spell was broken. But man, if you're so great at this, then you shouldn't have allowed that to happen. And I, we, we in this movie, we find out that he obviously, because he got blipped, he lost his title of Sorcerer Supreme. And, and I think that a lot of his mistakes, obviously, as we saw in the post credit scene, will lead into Doctor Strange 2. Great points. Um, so do we want to, oh, any other honorable mentions? Cause I got one, I got Jamie Foxx. I thought he was really strong and obviously, you know, he's an Oscar winner. You know, what do you expect from a Jamie Foxx movie? Um, and, and, and if there's any character who I didn't think going into this, I'd want to see more of, but now I'm like, Hey, can we find a way to bring Jamie Foxx back into this, uh, into this series at all? Um, that would be one for me, especially since he kind of teases, uh, a few, he kind of leaves you a huge Easter egg for a future Spider-Man. So, uh, I don't see why you couldn't utilize Jamie Foxx in the future. Yeah, he, he was very good. I liked him a lot better than, um, I liked him in the amazing Spider-Man too. I thought he was just too goofy of a, of a guy in that first movie he was in. Um, I, I guess if I had to go an honorable mention, I would say MJ. I, I love Zendaya as MJ. She is leaps and bounds better than Kirsten Dunst in the original trilogy by Sam Raimi. Uh, just her acting at, at the very end of this movie when Doctor Strange does the spell and everyone forgets who Peter Parker is. Um, that cafe scene is so, so good. And I guarantee it made a lot of people cry because I almost teared up in that one. Um, just them, you know, kind of doing like a notebook thing. It was very good to see. 
Yeah, and I'm yeah. shocked we didn't bring that up because that was heartbreaking. That whole that from from when he says goodbye to her in the in the cafe scene, there was really nothing sappy about it. It really just sucked to watch that because it hurt. Yeah, and and like I agree with Jeff. I know we all agreed different ones, but Zendaya has been my pick for honorable mention just because there's so many great actors in this movie, um, but and actresses, but like. Going into this movie, she was definitely better than Kristen Dunst in the Raimi trilogy, but she hadn't, I hadn't had that, I guess, connection. I didn't feel like their relationship was as strong as Gwen Stacy and um, Peter were in the Amazing Spider-Man series. But like this one in general, I I felt like she really loved him, adored him, that she, that it was like that adorable high school love, you know, like they're talking about how they miss each other when they probably just saw each other like 12 hours before and they're FaceTiming at night, even though... Peter sleeping next to happy Hogan in his breathing machine, like all these little things. If that relationship, if she had flopped that relationship in this, and that was not a good relationship in this movie, I think we lose a lot of emotion, especially at the end of this movie. When like you guys, like Jeff mentioned, you go into that coffee shop. If, if we didn't care about that relationship, which I think Zendaya and Tom both had a huge part in doing that ending does not hit as hard as it does. And I think it hits hard because they're actually in a relationship together. So I think the scenes that they were in are are pretty genuine. So it's just like, I was always wondering, like, man, they really do love each other when they're saying this. So I, I guess that helps also as audience members and seeing them like, okay, they're really in a relationship off camera. So it's easier to transition on camera. Yeah, and I mean, we even saw that in The Amazing Spider-Man. Because um, Andrew Garfield and, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her name. Emma Gwen Stone. Stacey were, Emma Stone. How do I forget Emma Stone's name? But <laughs> Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield, I believe they were actually in a relationship while filming the second one. Maybe. Um, but like, yeah, it's not were. the first time we've seen it. And it doesn't work all the time. But when you yeah. get two really good actors like Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone or Tom Holland and Zendaya, like, I think it does add to it in these kind of cases. It can, but then you can also have like, you know, a Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga type of uh, chemistry where you're convinced that they're dating in real life and it's like not even close to the truth. So you never know. I mean, just, but the two of them really, I thought were, had their best performances in the series so far. Um, and do we want to do our final grades before we do our theories for the yeah, future? Do. Let's do final grades for those who are sticking around then if they if they want to be nerds with us they can listen but uh let's do final grades and then we'll move on yeah it's this is an easy hall of fame for me i saw this movie twice in three days that kind of speaks for itself Uh, i don't often go to the movies more than once but this movie was so good i just had it i had to see it again uh it's everything you want as as a kid growing up on the 90s spider-man series seeing all those villains together and even all three of those Spider-Men together. It's just something, I mean, it topped Endgame for me. I didn't think that was possible. It topped seeing all those superheroes going out of that portal. It, I I love this movie. I'm going to watch this a lot. It is an easy Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, I'll go ahead and go. Endgame, and, and I agree with Jeff 100%, but like to me, Endgame was fantastic, but its core, it was a time heist movie to end in a big ass battle with a bunch of different characters. And this movie, like it was more than that. It was more than just the last battle. It, I mean, the last battle and Tom Holland about 
killing the Green Goblin, who, by the way, is a super soldier. Um, about like that whole battle was great, but it was the emotion in this entire movie that just brings it. I think we've all talked about it. I haven't heard one single like horrible thing about this movie from either any of y'all, and like it is definitely to me the best MCU movie and easily a top five movie of all time. If not top, I just, it has everything you want. It has emotion. It has a great story. It has great actors and actresses, a great score, great shots. Like it's, it's in the main character, Tom Holland, Spider-Man shines, excuse my dog, um, shines while everybody else shines just as bright. And it's, it's a fantastic movie. I'll go next. Um, this movie was, I'll put a hall of fame as well, but I, I still think it's just a notch below Endgame, just a notch because of just the cultural impact that Endgame had. Like, they had us in a chokehold for two years. Like, again, we knew it was coming. This one with this Spider-Man, it's like, again, they didn't even know if they could get all these people. And if one of them isn't in, this movie's not the same. So I give it a Hall of Fame. It had it had heart. It had action. It had development. But uh, I think it's a top five MCU movie. I don't care about recency bias. I agree with you there, Gerald. But I think Endgame still probably is a notch above it. All right. I'm the last one. I'll be the hater in this group. I'm going to give it an all-star. Um, I I thought it was phenomenal. I think it's spectacular. I think it's definitely minimum top 10 MCU movie. I have to get all of them in front of us and our good friend Griff, uh, Jeff. So let's give some other podcasts some love while we're here. Griff uh, did not like this more than Ragnarok, Winter Soldier, and I believe there was one other uh, Black Panther, yes, that he did not like that this over that. Um, I'd have to think about it. I'd probably rank it above those movies uh, as the best MCU movie. Maybe not, but and and probably my reasonings for some of the plot holes that we brought up earlier. Some of the some some of the stuff in the first act gets a little sloppy and a little annoying at times. But this movie, I mean, arguably one of the strongest third acts you'll ever see in a superhero movie ever. Um, so it's an easy all star for me. I think you come back, and and this is really just a me thing. I have a hard time giving a new movie a Hall of Fame grade. I don't think I've ever done that since we've been doing this. So come back to me in five years. I might move it up to a Hall of Fame. We'll see. But uh, a phenomenal movie. I think uh, acting from everybody was on point. I think they found a great way to balance all these characters. And this is it's kind of it's fan service done right. That's kind of how I have to put it. And I really enjoyed this. So, uh. Let's get into what you guys like to call nerd, sh- which this whole episode has been, but <laughs> it really has been. Uh, um, uh, I'll get my theory in first. So I think because Peter Parker did not want to date a girl who's normal, right? I think they're now setting it up for maybe if Peter's going to have a love interest down the road, she has to be a superhero with a similar lifestyle. So I think they are setting this up for Spider-Gwen or uh, 
Black Cat or some of these. A star, who are some of the like some who are the other women that he's dated in the past? Like Starfire and no, 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 no. Yeah, Gwen. Gwen is the Help big one, out. and then yeah, Felicia Hardy is Black Cat. Yeah. But I, I would agree that Gwen Stacy, MCU Gwen Stacy, uh, could probably be coming soon. I would say that you know Marvel doesn't do anything not on purpose. Let's just say that every reference is planted years before and it grows into something later on. Uh, when the three Spider-Men were on the roof and they're talking about, they're like, Hey, yeah, what kind of villains have you guys fought? And then Tobey Maguire says he fought an alien made out of black goo. And then Tom Holland said, you know, I fought an alien too. And then Andrew Garfield goes, well, I want to fight an alien. I don't think that was in there as just some cutesy throwaway line. I think that in the third Venom movie, we'll see Andrew Garfield uh, fighting Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock. That's my big theory. Oh, I would pay money to see that. Yeah, I'm I'm actually convinced that the Spider-Man in the poster for the Morbius trailer is Andrew Garfield's. Um, Calling him a murderer would line up considering the um, whole I'd stop pulling my punches thing. And I think it would give him a chance to fight something other than maybe not an alien. I do think the goo thing was more of a hint towards the first post-credit scene. But I do think that he'll end up fighting Morbius. And I think that will be fantastic. Even in the trailer for Morbius, it has the same Oscorp tower that was in Andrew Garfield's universe. Sign Uh, me up. I'm going to go next. I think um, for the future, I think we're winding down. Tom Holland's appearances as Spider-Man. I don't think there will be a love interest. I think I don't think there'll be a trilogy with Tom Holland and the MCU. I'm sorry I have to be the Debbie Downer, but um when he made that spell, the only uh when he made that spell, he made that spell for a specific reason, and that's for all of us as fans to also forget that Tom Holland was ever in the MCU. Um, I think going forward, Andrew Garfield is going to be the Spider-Man of of what we see, and Andrew Garfield will be the Iron Man to an eventual to an eventual Miles Morales Spider-Man. That's far out. <laughs> that is yeah. I really oh, hate. I really hated where you were going at first, but then eventually I was like, oh, "That doesn't sound too terrible." I I I, I think Tom Holland. I, I don't I think, think they can end it like that, though. That would that would be the hard part. Just end Tom Holland that way. Like, you are irrelevant. Nobody knows who you are, but you're like just a friendly neighborhood Spider Man. I, I think we're gonna get. We're gonna see Tom, who is now alone and no one to love or help him. Um, he's dropped out of high school. He's probably going to be in a college somewhere in New York City, like community college or something like that. He's going to get a job at the Bugle. And I think sooner or later, maybe a, a young student who, like a high school student, comes up and it's going to be Miles Morales. And we'll have a movie where he's fighting Scorpion next. Um, maybe meet Black Cat. And in the second, at the end, that post credit scene for that one, we'll see Miles get bit by a spider. And then I think that's when we'll start seeing that Tom Holland phase out in that second movie where he's training miles to become spider-man and that's his final one he may die in it may just quit and then you see the third one where it's just miles morales's movie if you guys noticed uh 
during the Statue of Liberty scene when Doctor Strange is trying to prevent the people from the sky from getting through those portals, uh, there's an outline of the rhino. Not the rhino from the end of The Amazing Spider-Man 2, but the one that you see in the comics. There's also Kraven in the sky, Scorpion, and Black Cat. So all those references are in there. I think Sony has plans for all of those characters. Obviously Kraven because they're making that solo movie with Aaron Taylor Johnson. So uh, they're planning ahead for sure. And Jeff, you uh, just piggybacking off what you said, uh, Marvel and the MCU doesn't really do say or do things when they don't have anything planned. Another theory of mine is that Dr. Strange's spell that Peter asked for was for everybody on earth. They did make a mention in the interrogation that Nick Fury is off world. So if the spell is for everyone (laughs) on earth, Nick Fury and everybody who is in space still knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And I think that's enough for him. Could you imagine Thor showing up on, on world and Spider-Man's sitting there in his suit, all getting used to the fact nobody knows he's Peter and Thor just goes, Parker, my boy, or just yells at him or something. (laughs) He just ruins it. But then yeah, no, one, like, no one knows Peter Parker, so it doesn't matter, I guess. Well, and then I do have an issue with that whole thing because, like, there are like some people that it is vital that they knew that Peter Park, what Peter Parker meant to Tony Stark, and that being Pepper Potts and Morgan um, Stark, because like those two knew what Peter and the re- bringing the rest of the world meant to Tony. So now they just have that emptiness where they don't. Well, it's it's here's almost like the it's thing, not though. Closure. This might be kind of a plot hole. Couldn't he just like show up as Spider-Man to these people, show off his powers, then take off his mask? Be like, okay, like I got some explaining to do to y'all. <laughs> it just—I feel like some people would like believe it. Like I feel like if he explained that to Doctor Strange, he'd be like, "Yeah, I could see that happening." I don't yeah, know. And, and I think that's—I mean, it can definitely happen because he almost did it with MJ and Ned. Because like I don't yeah. think he was wiped completely. I think what they did, they probably put some memory blocks on them, like the spell does, in the yeah. sense of like, like when Ned maybe didn't help Spider Man, he was just at homecoming and wakes up and doesn't like he doesn't remember everything in between homecoming party. Um, but they obviously don't know Peter either, so the whole thing's a little weird for sure. All right, all right so here's what's gonna happen. So Miles Morales is gonna find Peter Parker, right? Is gonna convince like you got to be Spider Man again, right? But Peter's going to be mentored by some old guy. And the old guy is going to be like really motivational Peter too, right? So the next movie is going to end with Spider-Man meeting like a a fellow superhero girl, right? And then he's going to kill himself by blowing something up to save the city. And then uh, that old guy is going to be at a cafe. But then he's going to see that Tom Holland's still alive with said superhero. And they're going to be at a cafe talking together. And then as it ending, uh, Miles Morales is going to become Spider-Man. And Andrew Garfield's your Spider-Man. That did sounds like just, the Dark Knight Rises. Did, did you no, just end not, the Dark Knight? Yes, I yeah, did. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> like the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> I was, I was like, you, wait a minute. I was you just someone, the plot? Yes, I was hoping someone would get that joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, you, about halfway through, I was like, I feel like the the scene in Step Brothers, like, did you just recite the, did you just recite the plot to Goodwill Hunting? <laughs> What did I you know? That was pretty thought out to me. What did you say the cafe? I was like, all right, the thing is up. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I was like, wait, there's no way they end Tom Holland Spider Man without any closure on MJ. 
Like I don't like I, I do not believe they would just end it like this. There's gotta be closure on MJ. Um whether it's in one movie, two movies, three movies, that's left to be seen. I just the way they ended that, and we all know MJ is Spider Man's endgame for his relationships, so like they it's it gotta was, happen. And it she too and this confirmed. Yeah, it it's sad. And sad. it is confirmed that she is the variant of Mary Jane Watson. And kind of like MJ in the um, Raimi universe, she didn't like her dad. Her dad was a dick, so she doesn't go by MJ Watson. She just goes by MJ. Yeah. Well, she also has a different name, too. It's Michelle Jones, right? And then it's, yeah. I, I don't yeah. Know. But they, either way, she was confirmed a variant of that Yeah. One. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. What a show. Who's watching The Matrix? I need to watch the other three. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> oh, gosh. Am I have to solo? What I do with Ghostbusters. One? That was very sad. I, when is it... I know. I've got I'm... like five movies into the solo review. Hey, hey. Good news. I just signed up for Regal Rewards. Um, our Regal like movie pass, basically. Unlimited movies all the time for like 24 bucks a month. What you I'm gonna say? Be living. I'm gonna be. At, uh, I'm gonna go see everything. I'm gonna try to go see Spider-Man soon again. And go um, see West Side Story. West you Side Story play. and what is it? The Gucci movie. Yeah, the Gucci movie. The ones see that. Got good reviews. Uh, and Last Duel's out on Disney now, I think. And then uh, obviously Matrix. Well, Matrix is gonna be on HBO Max if you just want to do that. But it might be worth we'll seeing see. in theaters. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Wow. What a show, guys. I had a blast. We finally did it. Uh, after months of talking about it, me wasting money on cameos, um, endless polls, all that stuff. I'm happy we finally saw this movie. Uh, we're probably not <laughs> done talking about it on um, this show. But yeah, thank you for going along uh, on the ride with us. Thank you. And um, one last prediction. I think we'll see Spider-Man as early as this week and something else. We'll leave that for the next movie. We'll leave that for social media. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for this epic Spider-Man No Way Home recap we had here. Uh, We thank you so much for joining us. Please follow us on social media. We're on all of the big three platforms. we got Twitter. we got Instagram. we got Facebook. Please follow us there, and we'll have some more reviews for you, uh, hopefully coming up in the next uh, maybe couple of days. We'll see. But just stay with us. We appreciate it. Thank you for another episode of Good Friends and Real Talk, and we'll see you later.